We are dedicated to spreading the good news of Jesus Christ through all available means with a sole focus of teaching the word, making it plain, sharing it with love. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I am a believer. I'm not a doubter. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I am the head. I'm not the tail. I'm above only. I'm not beneath. I am blessed and cannot be cursed. I shall live and not die and declare the salvation of the Lord. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And my life is getting better after I've heard and done the word of the Lord. Amen. Come on and put your hands together for the Lord. This morning, this morning we are going to talk about the donkey and the palm. The donkey and the palm. Amen. P-A-L-M. Palm. The donkey and the palm. This is one of the few events in in Jesus's um, tenure here on earth that are captured in all four of the Gospels, right? All four of them. And today is what people call Palm Sunday. So even though we are not waving palms all over the, the place, there are churches all over the world who are celebrating what is called Palm Sunday. So we're going to talk about that today, and we'll use as our focal verse of Scripture today, Luke 19, 28 through 44. Luke 19, 28 through 44, and then we'll get into the secrets and the mystery of the gospel. So this morning, we pray that the Word of God uh, gives us more insight into what that means to live this life in the way that he intended. Our verse of Scripture this morning comes out of Luke 19. 28 through 44. And I do ask that you stand for the reading of the word. And I will be reading this morning out of the King James Version of the Bible and Luke 19, verses 28 through 24. If you will read with me. And it says, And when he had thus spoken, he went before ascending up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he had come nigh to Bethphage, And Bethany, at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go ye into the village over against you, in in which at your entering ye shall find a colt tied, whereon yet never man sat. Loose him and bring him hither. And if any man ask you, Why do you loose him? Thus shall ye say unto him, because the Lord had need of him. And they that were sent went their way and found even as he had said unto them. And as they were loosing the coat, the owners thereof said unto them, Why loose ye the coat? And they said, The Lord had need of him. And they brought him to Jesus, and they cast their garments upon the coat. And they set Jesus thereon. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. And when he was come nigh, 
even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from their eyes. For the day shall come upon thee, that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, and compass thee around, and keep thee on every side and shall lay thee even with the ground, and thou children with thee. And they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knowest not the time of thy visitation. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, hearers, doers, and sharers of his word. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you speak to us through your word this morning that you give us clarity of thought, clarity of speech, God, and clarity of understanding. Father, I ask that you give us ears to hear, a mind to understand, a heart to receive, and the courage to live it out when we leave these doors this morning. It is our intention to understand your word. It is our intention to apply it to our lives. It is our intention to live this life in front of others so that you may be glorified. And Father, we give you all the honor and all the praise and all the glory that you are due. And it is in your precious son, Jesus' name we pray and we thank you. Amen and amen. As I said in the introduction earlier, this is one of the events. Jesus entering into Jerusalem, what uh, is common knowledge anyway, a week before he was crucified, right? That's what we see in the scripture today. And we may not realize it, but the scriptures, the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, do not always tell the same stories about Jesus. We know that together, at least that is my faith belief, that together more of the things that he did is captured amongst the four gospels, but they not all tell the story. They do not all tell the same stories. This one is one that is found in all four Gospels. And so that says to me that this is something of significance. This is something that Jesus intended to capture the attention, and it did that. Because if you understand the Bible and understand how it was written, these, this Bible was constructed and the stories that are told in the Bible was constructed after Jesus had passed away, after he was gone back to heaven and the Christian church was expanding. So these stories were not written in time. They were captured in people's memory. And just like when we listen to stories now, we listen to sermons now, we all leave with a different point of view with something that we take with us because of what is relevant in our lives. And so here with this story, it captured all four gospel 
uh, uh, author's attention. And so I want to bring it to your attention this morning because, like I said earlier, you have churches all over the world, not just in the United States, but all over the world who are celebrating what is called Palm Sunday. And the reason that they call it Palm Sunday, we see it in the scripture here. And again, you can find this story in all of the gospels. If you want me to tell you where they are, I can tell you where they are. Would you like to know where they are? I'll tell you afterwards if you want to know where they are. But take my word for it. They are all, this story, this story is in all four chapters. And the word of God tells us that Jesus was entering Jerusalem. And in Luke, it says, after he had said those things. And if you are if you are a student, if you are inquisitive, then you have to ask yourself after he had said what things. That's what Luke said after he had said what things. So when you back up in Luke, you see a story that's different in Luke than in what is in Matthew, that is what is in Mark, that is what is in John. Because prior to what was happening, their attention was caught by different things. And that is the story that they capture. That is the story that they uh, talk about because if you read this scripture, it was talking about how Jesus had just said, "From those who who have been given much, it will be taken away, and those who have been given little, it, it they will get more." And in one gospel, it's talking about how Jesus had uh, was sitting with Mary and Martha and Lazarus having dinner, and how Mary had anointed his feet. So it all depends on what scripture you are talking about, but all of them talk about Jesus triumphal is what a lot of them labeled entry into Jerusalem that day. And the reason I think it is important because I think most of us, and I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm not saying that we're right because if somebody were to come in here just visually, they would not be able to tell that this is what people call Palm Sunday. Right. Um, but I do want to point it out because the, the scripture in the New Testament, it says that some people esteem one day higher than the other and other people esteem all days the same. So in this Christian walk, that's one of the liberties that we have. If we want to celebrate Palm Sunday, we can celebrate Palm Sunday. If we don't want to celebrate Palm Sunday, we don't have to celebrate Palm Sunday. If we want to celebrate Easter, like, quite frankly, what we are planning to do next week, we can celebrate Easter. If we want to see it as Resurrection Sunday, as some people say, we can see it as Resurrection Sunday. If we don't want to mention it at all, we don't have to mention it at all. That is part of the Christian liberty. Because in Jesus, the Bible says, he who the Son has set free is free indeed. So you can celebrate or you cannot celebrate. That's just the truth of the gospel. We have that liberty. But if you are going to celebrate, then you ought to at least know why you're celebrating it, right? It ought not just be because it's Christian tradition to celebrate. And what honestly stood out in my mind on yesterday, I was talking to a friend of mine and he said, I was sitting in Houston traffic so long trying to get down to Fannin. And I said, for what? I thought he was trying to buy flowers for, for some loved one or some love interest. I didn't know what he was doing. I was like, for what? Why are you trying to go down on Fannin? He said, so I could get palm branches for Sunday morning at church. 
And he has the right to do that. But in my mind, I thought, there's no way I would fight Houston traffic to go down to Fannin to get palm branches because somebody said it was Palm Sunday. It's just no way I would do that. He wanted to do it, so he did it, right? And so then I started to ponder on this scripture. I started to ponder on this scripture, and I was like, Lord, we have fallen into tradition where we have really missed it. Because if you look at this scripture, and all four gospels tell the same story, Jesus said, go get a coat. He didn't even say, get an adult donkey. He said, get the young one, the young donkey, right? I'm going to ride in on a young, young donkey, right? When you look at the symbolism in the Bible or even the Eastern culture of the day, you understand that the donkey was a workhorse. The white horse, the horse, the, a work animal. Let me say that the donkey was a work animal. The horse was a warrior animal. Jesus could have just as easily said, go get me a horse because I am the king of kings. I'm the Lord of Lord. And the whole time he's coming, he's telling them, I'm coming to work and I'm coming to bring peace. So as is consistent with Jesus's whole life, you all remember how he came here. He didn't come with a bunch of uh, uh, fanfare born in the four seasons not what the scripture tells us. They said he had no room. There was no room at the Four Seasons for him. So he had to go out back with the animals. That's the story that we're accustomed to, to, to learn. So his whole life from birth to now we have moved up to the week before his death was one of humility. It was one of being open to everybody because it, perhaps if he had gotten an adult donkey, the people who are even least than the work people. And who would be least than the work people, the commoners? Their children, right? So he gets a young donkey to say, I'm opened up to everybody. This way is for everybody. And if you read some verses of scripture or different versions of this scripture, you will see that he came to bring peace. That's what he's saying. I came to bring peace even the week before my death, even when y'all finna do some violent stuff to me, I come to bring peace. And all of the people who then, that the Bible says some of them started getting branches from the palm trees. That's how we, how we, we get it. So why we emphasize the palms and not the clothes? Because the Bible says people were throwing clothes in the street. They put clothes on the ducky. Why we emphasize the palm? I don't know, but they were there that day. And the Bible says the people are waving the multitudes of disciples, the multitudes of disciples, because in that street that day were people who had witnessed him say, bring Lazarus back to life. There were people, the Bible says, that had witnessed him work these miracles, and now they were following him. Because if you know about the history of the uh, Jews and what was going on in Rome that day, the Jews were looking more for, for war 
than they were for peace. They wanted a king that will, would save them from the authority of the Roman Empire. So they were all, they were all worked up and ready because here comes our king. And I want y'all to think about how you would feel if you were standing there waiting on royalty to come on this big white horse and you were all ready for celebration and he shows up on a baby donkey. Because that's what happened that day. And the people who were in the streets that day believed on him. But they were believing on him for the wrong thing. They were believing on him to free them from the Roman Empire. And Jesus was saying, I come to bring peace from sea to sea, from land to land, not just for you, but for everybody. And that's the good news for us. And that was the real powerful statement of that day that I came for everybody. Because if I had just come to free you from Roman authority, my influence would be limited. You would be the only person that would be set free, but I came to set everybody free. Now, the Pharisees were upset because, in my mind, those were huge crowds that day. Kind of like when the Astros win and we line up on the streets to see our heroes come down, down the street. And the Bible says the Pharisees were upset because they knew that all of those people believed him and they didn't want an uprising. They wanted to kill. Jesus would have done it that day if his time had come. And that's the other thing that you need to realize the emphasis on this story is that the only thing that's going to happen to you is when it's time has come. Sometimes because we don't understand the deeper things of God, we get upset and we actually believe that we can roll out, we can control the rollout of time. We believe that. And so then because I make demands on Jesus, on the Father God, like the people were doing that day. Because they weren't telling him to come here and bring some peace. They say, come on in here and whoop some behind. <laughs> but because, how many of y'all know, I'm just fast forwarding right now, that the Jews are no longer under Roman authority. So it happened, but it happened in God's time. And so just like us, when we go down in prayer and we don't understand what is happening around us and we make demands upon the Father God and when it doesn't roll out in our time, we think that it's not going to roll out. But if it is his will, he has made some promises. And those promises is not that I'm going to do it in your time, but that it will be done that it will be done. And so the Bible says that Jesus, not just in this thing, but in all things, he was careful to fulfill the word of God. And so if you go back into Zechariah, the ninth chapter, if you go back into Zechariah, the ninth chapter, you will read where the prophet Zechariah said that your king will come riding on a young donkey never told them that their king and their salvation was going to come through war because how many of you all know that aggression begets aggression? 
You don't really get free when you fight somebody in your own strength, right? Because then you sit back, even if you won that fight, you're wondering when they're going to come and retaliate. You got to watch your back. You got to have people watching your back because you know it's not over. But Jesus, when he rode into town that day, and I'm not going to get to the crucifixion because we're going to talk about that next Sunday. But this Sunday is what is called his triumphal entry. And I want y'all to listen to the words. When he rode in on the donkey that day, he had already won. That's what triumph means. So no matter what it looked like to their eyes that day, and no matter what it looks like to your eyes today, he won and you win. That's why we cannot trust our eyes. But the important thing is to not miss the donkey because you're looking at the palm. Nowhere in the Old Scripture, New Testament, any of that, did Jesus or Zechariah or anybody talk about some palm. What does that mean? How does that trend? And I'm not, and I hope you hear what I'm saying to you today because I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, 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 with celebrating Palm Sunday. I'm not saying that. I'm saying don't miss the donkey because you're waving the palms because you want the ceremony. You want the pomp and the circumstance. Sometimes the victory that you are looking for, the triumph that you are looking for is not in the pomp and the circumstance. It's not in the pomp and the circumstance. It is in doing what the Father God told you to do. Because how many of y'all know Jesus could have hopped up on a white horse and those people that day would have really been crunk. They would have really thought that their salvation was coming, right? But they had to take a second look. And sometimes we miss it. We miss the fact that Jesus said, go get me a donkey, not the palm. Jesus said, go get me a young donkey not the clothes he didn't even ask for the clothes that they because the bible says the disciples that went to go get the donkey that day took off their clothes and laid it across the donkey so that he could sit on the donkey and other people were throwing their clothes in the street that day so in that even with them giving him reverence with the clothes on the donkey we see his kingly priesthood we understand that he is both royalty and he is humble. We see that he is victorious and he is humble. Sometimes we will, especially these days, right? Especially these days. And I don't know, I don't know if it's, it's, it has always been this way, but it's so prevalent right now because we have so much access to in information. So you have people, and it started, in my opinion, reveling out of control when you started letting no talent people who were willing to act a fool in front of the cameras actually get a camera. We call it reality TV. It started getting out of control then. They had no talent, never gone to school to act or do anything, but they had access to a camera. And it's something about us that wanted to watch that stuff. That's the only reason that it proliferated. And now you have people who we don't even know who are on social media calling themselves influencers. 
And some of us are following them and we know nothing about them. So we love celebrity. We love fame. We love the pump and the circumstance. I have people sending me videos about folks I know nothing about influencing me for what? You don't have insight into my life. You don't have right in my life influencing me for what? And the question is the same for you. If you think that you are an influencer, let me tell you, and you are, and you are, but influencing for what? But we love the pump and we love the circumstance and we love the celebrity and we love the fame because we have bought into the lie that that is what it means to be somebody. That is what it means to be on top. And here we have the king of kings who is both royal and humble. And if somebody told us, take down, you don't need to be famous in this, we don't even know how we would react if you had the opportunity to be famous. If you had the opportunity to jump on the big white horse and somebody say, you could do that or you could do the donkey, you could take the low way, you could take the Jesus way. How many of y'all, honestly, would choose the Jesus way? How many of y'all be like, oh, I don't want to be on that stinky donkey. Oh, I don't want to. But the white horse is groomed so well. Because we have been socialized, especially, especially younger people. Younger people have been socialized to believe that fame is the most important thing. You see them all the time trying to make sure they got the right picture or the right video or the right something to post a life online that is a lie and is not theirs. We're delusional. We're delusional. There is a spirit of delusion that is on this. It didn't start because we see here in the scripture where people are delusional about what was going on. So it didn't start in 2023, but it's magnified in 2023. You have people sitting back, young people sitting back, uh, uh, depressed about their whole lives because they're comparing it to the lies that are on social media. Delusional. And so we have been socialized to believe that if it is grand and if it's wonderful and if everybody wants a piece of it, that's what we ought to be doing. But Jesus comes not just this day that we're talking about today, but his whole life saying, if you want to be up, go down. Right? If you want more, Go down. Let me do it. Let me do it. Just use what you have. Let me do it. If you want to influence, be humble. His whole life, that's what he said. His whole life, that's how he lived. His whole life, that was his whole message, and it didn't change this day. And so the question is, who changed? Not him. The question is, why? Did they change? And I'm saying to you guys today, it's a distraction. That is why we can come in church 
and we can praise God with everything that we have. And then we go back in the community and we are unsuccessful. We are depressed just like the, the world. Our marriages are falling apart just like the world. Our children are wild just like the world. Because we are separating these things and Jesus never intended for his greatest glory to be in the streets with people waving palm or for us to be in him, giving him incredible praise with our hands and our mouths and our feet. And then we go outside and we are defeated. So we've been distracted. We've been distracted. I was listening to uh, somebody the other day telling me about how poor they were talking about finances, how poor they were. And while they are telling me this, they are sitting under a roof. While they are telling me this, food is sitting on the table. While they are telling me this, a Lexus is sitting on the driveway. While they are telling me this, they are fully clothed with shoes on. While they are telling me how poor they are. And I said to myself, my God, we are distracted. Because if you have all of those things and you still say you are poor, my question is compared to what? It's not even compared to the average American and it's certainly not compared to those children that go to bed night after night wondering how they going to eat when you got excess sitting in front of you, excess in the closet, cars that you don't even drive, a house and you don't even live in all the rooms. It's certainly not compared to that. So compared to who? Compared to who? And so some things come in our lives to distract us. Some things come in our lives to make us ungrateful when we have every reason to be grateful. Because if you read on in the scripture, the same ones we read today, after all of that triumphal stuff, the Bible says Jesus went and he wept for that city. Why? Because they missed who he was. They missed the king of kings. They missed the blessing that was Jesus because it didn't come wrapped in the package that they expected. So he, because he knew who he was. He knew who he, what he was doing. He knew he was bringing freedom to the whole world and they missed it. They missed it. So are you missing it? Are you missing it because my life ain't rolling out like I thought it would? Are you missing it because you got a car but it's not the one you really want. You got a house, but you're looking at the fake lives on social media, so you want something else. Do not miss the king of kings because you're waving a palm branch. You focused on the palm branch. Don't miss the donkey for the palm. Jesus has so much in store for, for us, just like he did the people on that day. And we're not that different. That's the point before I sit down. That's the point that I want to make to you. We are not that different. 
We are easily distracted too. We miss everything that comes with Jesus. We think that coming to the altar and accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior is it. That's the beginning. You don't leave him at the altar. But some of us are not victorious because we left him at the altar. We still worried about fire insurance. That's what they used to call it in the old church. You get saved so you don't go to hell. That's what they used to say. You saved for fire insurance. And yet Jesus is over here saying, I came to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. And you leave him at the altar and do your own thing and leave your abundant life laying around because you're focused on fire insurance. Jesus is more than that. Jesus said, I have everything that you need for life and living. I came, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I came so that you could be healed. I came to give you strength. If you want wealth, I give you the strength to go get it. And you sitting up crying about being poor, but you're not using the strength that Jesus gave you, the ideas that he gave you, the energy that he gave you to go get wealth. You want somebody to hand it to you? It don't come that way, not for most of us. It don't come that way. God has given you everything, he said, for life and for living. He has said that he sent the Holy Spirit, filled you with the Holy Spirit as a guarantee that you will see his face in peace. And you still hung up about how you behave. You still hung up thinking somebody else not saved because they don't look like saved people ought to look to you. You still hung up even with your own self, not walking in everything that God allowed you to walk in because you looking at you and you know you tore up from the flow up. But that doesn't take the promise away from you. That's the Holy Spirit's job to clean you up. And if you read the word for you today already, it says to make your condition match your position. Jesus came into town that day to say, your position is in me. That's what I'm getting ready to do. I'm getting ready to go to the cross, not to hold your sin for you, but to become sin for you. That's what the word says. And the word says that that day, we'll go into it more next week, that God poured out the full measure of his wrath on Jesus. He poured out the full measure of his wrath. What does full mean? If I take a full glass and I pour it out, what's left? That it means all of it. What's left? Nothing is left. And you can't even walk in the promises that God gave you because you keep talking about you and how I am and what I am and all that. The Holy Spirit's job is to keep bringing you and bringing you and bringing you and bringing you until your condition matches your position. But the day that you accepted Jesus Christ, you were positioned in him. It was done. It was over. The Bible says that you are in him. He is in you. And both of y'all are in the father. I don't know how you envision it. But I envision that with them bowls. You know them bowls 
that sit inside of each other. They're nested bowls. The outside one is big, then the next one is small, and the next one is small, and it's tops all over. Jesus said, I'm in you. Y'all know when you get about four or five of them that come together. Right? You, 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 let's go with four. So the smallest bowl, Jesus said, I'm in you. So that's him on the inside. And then he said, and you are in me. So you one of them middle bowls. And then he said, both of us are in the father. So the father, the outside bowl. He the outside one. And you worrying about the little stuff that filters up through him and through Jesus to get to you. You worried about your little self up on the inside of all of that. That's your position. I don't care if you leave here today and start acting ugly. Your position is still in that bowl. God is still around you. Jesus is still on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit in you, you in Jesus, and Jesus in the Father. That's your position. Now, your condition, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you said, now you just sat through a whole sermon. <laughs> and now you out here telling somebody, oh, we got to do better. He'll start making those connections for you. He'll start saying, you don't have to go off. I got you. You and me, I'm in you. We and the Father, I got you. You don't have to do that. And when it, he will also, he will also tell you when it is time for you to speak up and he will show you how to speak up. That's why Jesus came that day. And so whether it's in the scripture, whether you are studying scripture or whether you are thinking about your own lives, I want to encourage you today, and I hope you hear me, to not miss the donkey for the palm branch. Amen. And that is the word for you today. Come on, put your hands together for the Lord God.